Good morning for Wednesday, July 21, 2010. This is the New York Times Audio Digest, presented by Audible. Here's what's making news this morning on the front page. States swiftly adopt education standards. Water dispute worsens India-Pakistan tension. Maine takes a look at Social Security amid pension woes. In the national headlines, the Senate advances a bill to extend jobless pay. The Senate Judiciary Committee backs Kagan's nomination with one GOP vote, and cuts in home care put the elderly and the disabled at risk. In the financial news, a panel urges limitations on the use of Avastin. With an asset sale, BP is betting on more deep wells, and profit and revenue decline sharply at Goldman Sachs. There will be more business stories along with more national and world news. A roundup from the sports page and New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. This is the top story written by Tamar Lewin. It's called States Swiftly Adopt Education Standards. Less than two months after the nation's governors and state school chiefs released their final recommendations for national education standards, 27 states have adopted them, and about a dozen more are expected to do so in the next two weeks. Their support has surprised many in education circles, given states' long tradition of insisting on retaining local control over curriculum. The quick adoption of common standards for what students should learn in English and math each year from kindergarten through high school is attributable in part to the Obama administration's race to the top competition. States that adopt the standards by August 2nd win points in the competition toward being chosen to receive a share of the $3.4 billion to be awarded in September. I'm ecstatic, said Arne Duncan, the U.S. Secretary of Education, and the fact that you are seeing half the nation decide that it's the right thing to do is a game-changer. Some supporters of the Common Core standards, like Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, worry that the rush of states to sign up, what Weingarten calls the race to adopt, could backfire if states do not have the money to put the standards in effect. I'm already watching the ravages of the recession cutting the muscle out of efforts to implement standards, she said. If states adopt these thoughtful new standards and don't implement them, teachers won't know how to meet them, yet they will be the basis on which kids are judged. The effort has been helped by financial backing from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to most of the organizations involved in drafting, evaluating, and winning support for the standards. The Common Core standards, two years in the making and first released in draft form in March, are an effort to replace the current hodgepodge of state policies. They lay out detailed expectations of skills that students should have at each grade level. Second graders, for example, should be able to read two-syllable words with long vowels, while fifth graders should be able to add and subtract fractions with different denominators. Adoption of the standards does not bring immediate change in the classroom. Implementation will be a long process as states rethink their teacher training, textbooks, and testing. Those states that are not winners in the race to the top competition may also have less incentive to follow through in carrying out the standards. The heavy lifting is still ahead, and the cynic in me says that when 20 states don't get race to the top money, we'll see how sincere they are, said Chester Finn, president of the Thomas B. Fordham Foundation, a longtime advocate for the national standards. Yet even promises of support for national standards are a noteworthy shift. Many previous efforts to set national standards have made little headway. In 1995, for example, the Senate rejected proposed history standards by a vote of 99 to 1.